0: Sophie Hardy and the Internet Implant by Emma Dale, narrated by Leona Hall. Chapter 9, All Over the World. Over the course of the rest of the day, it became clear that all wasn't right outside school when Mrs. Talbard kept coming to the classroom to ask for certain children to go home as their parents were here to collect them. None of them had any appointments and so the children that were left, which so far included Yasmin, Sophie and Katie, wondered what they were missing out on. As she was banned from using her implant during lessons, it was seen to be an unfair advantage. Yasmin was unable to find out what was happening by looking on the internet. So, the three of them sat there being taught by Miss Sissons, who, having had it confirmed by Sophie that she had seen Clara, seemed to have got her head back together and the three of them wondered what on earth was happening. Just before dinner time, Mr Houghton, who had sent his son Reuben home straight after break, gathered the remaining handful of children in the hall and explained that schools up and down the country were closing and that their parents were coming to collect them all just as soon as they could get there. This really threw Sophie, Yasmin and Katie. This was starting to sound even more like one of her dad's stories about the olden days. Eventually, Amelia arrived at school and explained to Mr Houghton that she was taking Yasmin home as well because her mum and dad were away with work and simply couldn't get back. Yasmin and Sophie gathered their things together and waved goodbye to Katie who was now stuck at school pretty much by herself with just Mr Houghton and a few infants to talk to. Lucky Katie, Yasmin remarked sarcastically as she got up to leave. Your mum is coming to get you as soon as she can, Katie, Amelia said to her as she led Sophie and Yasmin away. Katie just grunted and half waved. She was feeling left out and annoyed that Clara was being mentioned again. Now she was being abandoned at school as well. Plus, she really wanted to talk to her friends and have them take an interest in her and her problem, but they didn't seem to be bothered. When the three had climbed into the car and once Amelia had inputted in the destination, Sophie, who was still seeing a red flashing light in the corner of her eye, was quizzed by Yasmin. Yasmin considered using her implant, but thought it would be more polite and more sociable to talk in person. Both Sophie and Yasmin listened to what Amelia had to say and soon became horrified at what they heard. Amelia explained that at 10.19 all over the world, people just stopped whatever they were doing and passed out. Sophie and Yasmin looked at each other. That was the time when... Yasmin started, but Sophie interrupted. Yes, that was the time when you fainted. Sophie stared at Yasmin, and the two being such good friends, Yasmin knew exactly what Sophie was saying without actually saying anything. Don't tell my mum. You fainted as well, Yasmin, Amelia shrieked. Yes, so did Reuben Houghton, Yasmin added. Dear me, there's things all over the news. Builders falling off scaffolding, people nearly drowning in swimming pools, babies being left unsupervised. Fortunately, they're saying it only lasted for about 60 seconds, and with self-driving cars and planes, it would have been much worse a few years ago. People falling asleep at the wheel and what have you. Amelia came up for air. Ignore whatever your dad says. He insists it's telekinetic parasites taking over everyone's mind, or two parallel worlds colliding. Take it from me, though. The mythicals are not returning. Normally, Sophie would have smiled at this comment, imagining her dad rummaging through all his old books, newspaper cuttings and conspiracy websites, trying to prove that the olden days had returned. However, after the events of today, Sophie was beginning to think that there might be some truth in it. The mythicals hadn't been seen in any capacity for ten years. Nothing exciting or unusual had happened on Earth since the departure, outside of Shadow releasing more and more mind-zapping gadgets. Sophie was starting to put some pieces together, She didn't know if they were correct, but all this definitely sounded like one of her dad's stories from years gone by. Was it just you and Reuben that passed out Yaz, or did anyone else? Amelia asked, still showing the concern you would expect of a mother. No, no one else. Kieran ran to the staff room because Miss Sissons told him to after Reuben fainted and said that all the teachers had, Sophie added. But Miss Sissons didn't, Amelia noticed. Yasmin and Sophie looked at each other. Having only just heard the story of what had happened everywhere, the two had failed to put together the fact that all the adults fainted, except for Miss Sissons, and for that matter, Mrs. Tabard. Why hadn't they passed out? Well, Reuben and Yasmin both fainted. It must be to do with the implant. Does that mean Miss Sissons doesn't have one? Amelia added. Clearly not, Sophie said, intrigued. She racked her brains but couldn't remember seeing her with one. But she's young. Likes her technology. She's a whiz with that whiteboard in your classroom, Amelia continued. Sophie and Yasmin were getting more intrigued. It was understandable why Mrs Tabard didn't need access to the internet. She was much more old-fashioned than most people and still did everything with a pen and paper. But Miss Sissons, this didn't make sense. Yasmin zoned out and started accessing the implant to read the news reports. Amelia turned hers on to send Tom a message saying that they were all okay and on the way home. Sophie was left to ponder what was going on, but most of all, one question which seemed to have escaped Yasmin... If it was all because of the implant, which it clearly seemed to be, why had Sophie passed out as well? She had fainted on the stage before the implant had been successful, she thought. The red light continued to flash and it was starting to irritate Sophie. By the time the car had arrived home and Sophie, her mum and Yasmin had gotten up to their flat, the rest of the world seemed to have fathomed the connection between the implant and the blackouts. Reporters, who were previously haunting Sophie, were now lining the steps of the Shadow HQ waiting for an interview with Alton King. Sophie wondered why more people didn't want to interview the singularity. The nickname that she had first heard Mr Houghton use was growing on her. As she was, strictly speaking, the first to faint, albeit yesterday. Maybe the reporters wanted King first as he could provide actual answers whereas Sophie could only speculate. The reporters also had no idea that Sophie had fainted again today, even her own mum didn't know that. Sophie and Yasmin sat on the settee learning as much as they could but pondering about what to do next. Through the news reports Sophie noticed that the olden days were being mentioned again for the first time in years. Normally the news never referred to them anymore They just glossed over them like they'd never happened along with the rest of society. Now, however, the presenters were showing images of similar mass faintings that had happened through history. There was nothing even vaguely on the same scale as what the world had experienced today. 300 people at once in Trafalgar Square about a century ago. 500 people at a football match 66 years ago. Today's event had been more like 5 billion, not 500. When Dad arrived home, he told Sophie and Yasmin all the possibilities he could think of. He sat them down at the dinner table with huge scrapbooks of cuttings and writing he'd collected over the years. This is everything I have, he stated. Every clue to every event that ever took place that I could get my hands on. He was talking with the same passion that he showed when he told Sophie stories. It was because of this enthusiasm that Sophie had struck up an interest in it in the first place. Now Yasmin was listening intently too. From everything I have ever read... Every website I have ever been on, every person I have ever spoken to, I have come up with the following conclusions. He sat forward and flicked through the first of his scrapbooks. Newspaper clippings fell out, photos of goodness knows what and scribblings in writing that Sophie had no clue what they said as she didn't even recognise the letters. Here we are. First of all, I think there is a secret group of people somewhere who stepped in, in secret, when there was an incident with a mythical. Every single event just seemed to stop. "'Take, for example, the draining of Venice. "'I know I've told you about that one before. "'One minute the water has gone and everyone is panicking "'as that alien, I can't remember its name now, "'threatened to completely drain the planet. "'What was its name? "'Next minute, Venice is flooded again "'and the alien just vanished.' "'Tom came up for breath, but then quickly started again. "'Are you telling me that that situation "'just sorted itself out?' "'No, Dad,' Sophie said. "'You think some band of people secretly stopped him?' Where did that alien go, I hear you ask? Well, based on these photos here, Tom slid some pictures under the two girls' noses, which to Sophie and Yasmin looked simply like photos of the countryside. There were three houses all in a row which had steps up to them. One had a green door, but to Sophie and everyone else, they looked just like houses in the middle of nowhere. And these records here, he then slid a piece of paper that had been horribly smudged on top of the photos. I think that this secret society of people lock all these creatures in a place called Sadcor or Melanoria. There seems to be two separate places. I can't fathom which. Even Sophie, who normally loved her dad's stories, couldn't contain a laugh. Yasmin was practically on the floor. Tom had gone too far. So... "'You're telling us that there are secret agents all over the world "'locking up all the mythicals from the olden days "'in a prison called Sadcor or a place called Melanoria?' "'Yes,' Tom replied. "'It's in the countryside somewhere.' "'I'm going to watch TV,' Yasmin said. "'No, stay,' Sophie insisted. Yasmin reluctantly listened more as Tom reeled off more things that he had uncovered. None of it related in any way to the blackout today, but it was one of her dad's stories and Sophie listened even more than usual as this one was putting today into context. Sophie was loving it even more than usual because she was living this story of her very own. Sophie Hardy Saga was written and produced by Emma Dale and narrated and produced by Leona Hall. If you enjoyed it and would like to continue to follow the adventures of Sophie and her friends in coming episodes then please subscribe through one of the many podcast providers out there. The links for each of these can be found on our website. If you require more information visit our many social media channels or if you would like to purchase a hard copy of the book then be sure to check out www.sophiehardysaga.com Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy. (music) Thank <music> you.